Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your hosts for today's episode are siblings, Ben and Joanna Church. A couple of weeks ago, a very dear man to my family went home to be with the Lord. He was my godfather, and his name was Richard Hamill. As I thought back over the 46 years of my life that I got to call him Papa, and as I heard the stories of people who knew him almost his entire 85 years of life, I was struck by a phrase that I have been hearing in my spirit the last few months and how it applied to him. That phrase is, the power of an ordinary life. You see, he had passed within 24 hours of the queen. This was a woman who had traveled the globe, who was recognized by everyone from world leaders to the poorest child in her domain, and who had billions of dollars at her disposal. And while it seemed the whole world was either mourning or cursing this woman, in our little corner of the world in Little Bellevue, Ohio, we were mourning the passing of a man of God who lived a simple, ordinary, but powerful life of impact in his small family, his church, and his community. And even though he was not born of the royalty of this world, he was born again of the royalty of heaven, a child of God, a king and a priest of the kingdom of heaven. And his life impacted and shaped my life and the lives of so many others in a way the queen's life never could. He lived in the power of an ordinary life, and he was a walking example of our topic and main scripture today, which is taken from 1 Peter chapter 5. We are going to talk about being called to care for the flock that God has given to each of us as we end season two of the podcast, because caring for the people and the places that God has placed us in our lives is our next step in growing up spiritually. So let's read our scripture, 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 11. And now, a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you can get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, You who are younger, accept the authority of the elders, and all of you, clothe yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives his grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. 
Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. And remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Ben, last week you talked about being led by the Spirit of God in our daily lives. And now we have this scripture that is telling us that if we want to grow up spiritually and walk in step with his Spirit each day, we need to start caring for the flock that God has given us. And that word care means to shepherd, to guard, to guide, and to tend to. Why do you think that this Caring for our flock is an important next step in our spiritual growth. Really, because it reflects who Jesus is. He is the great shepherd, mm -hmm. and he cares for us. And so it makes sense to me, if we're growing up spiritually, we're becoming more like Jesus. All of a sudden, we should be a shepherd to all those around us. We should be caring and tending for the younger, caring and tending for the older, and just being that watch over the people that God has placed in our lives. And I remember a um, quick story here along these same lines was, you know, how you and I have had struggles over the years, like thinking about ministry, like what does mm -hmm. ministry look like? Well, traditionally it's you're a pastor of a church. Right. And you're living the gospel you're you're getting paid by the gospel your full-time ministry and and um so when you have a regular job you know that's tough it's <laughs> very very hard and yet you feel called we both have felt called to ministry per se so it's been a constant struggle over my life of of trying to have a job trying to fulfill that part of my life having a family feeling called to of uh, service and preaching and teaching of the Word of God to others, yet not being able to have a full-time ministry. So one time um, I was talking to my pastor about that. He said, you know what? He said, I look at you and I see someone who did it right because I see your family. I see your children, your grandchildren, all following the Lord, that you're close. He said, and that to me is successful because as a pastor, as someone in full-time ministry, I, I see others I even struggle with myself of neglecting my family, mm. letting my family fall through the cracks while I focus on the church. And what good is that if you've lost your own dear ones, your own children, and yet you know you're you're focusing on this this other flock when really the flock is in your own home first. Yeah. And so that really encouraged me that at that time in my life, I had been faithful with what God had given me. And yet there's still more that I could move into as I transition out of that full-time shepherd of my family, immediate family, mostly, 
and as they grow up and, and start moving on their own. Now I can trans, and I did, I transitioned more into ministry in the church and, and my flock kind of expanded. Mm. And so that made a lot of sense. Yeah. I think so many people are looking around for their purpose in life and both in the world and in the church. And I think the whole world is teaching that and preaching that. And, and you see, if, you know, if scroll through social media and it's all about, are you fulfilling your purpose? Are you, do you know what your purpose is? Are you, you know, all those kinds of, of um, ads that are just in your face and, and you feel like, oh my God, I'm supposed to have this great, huge purpose and I'm supposed to be changing the whole world. And we're and and people's Christians are saying, God, lead me into my purpose, my, 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 right? And it's all very me-centered. But I really feel like this scripture sort of helps flip the script on that self-centered pursuit. And it actually turns it to a a shepherding-centered pursuit of purpose. What is my purpose? To care for the flock that God has given me. If I'm truly trying to grow spiritually, God has put a flock in front of me. Well, what is my flock? It is my husband, my son, my nieces, my nephews, my brothers, my sisters. Then it expands out to my church family, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. If I have a job outside of the home, well, then those people are part of my flock. God has, it actually says he's entrusted those people to me. So as I'm going to work every day, those people who I come into contact with at work, God has entrusted them to me. Man, if you go to work every day with that on your brain, it's going to change how you talk to your coworkers. It's going to change how you treat them. You're going to say, oh no, what did, what did we say? I, I'm going to read that again. It says that care for, it, it means shepherding, guarding, guiding, tending, and caring for. Wow. How is that going to change my interactions with my coworkers? And even what city have I been put in? You know, in the when you read through the New Testament, they were very much associated, the, the believers, the early believers were associated with the church community in the actual city they were in. So now I can look at, well, what else, like, what else have I been entrusted with? Well, what city am I living in? Where have I made my home? Am I caring for and guarding my home, my city, my community, um, the people, the, the children of my community, the elderly of my community? And so people, including us, uh, you know, like you said, we've been there. What, what am I supposed to do? What's my grand mission? Honestly, if we just focused on caring for, guiding, tending our family, our church, our community... <laughs> Like that would take up, that's a, I mean, right there, you're talking about so many people that have been entrusted to you by God, which is why I would, I brought up my godfather, uh, Mr. Hamill. That was a man who gave himself all the time. Every time I'd be calling them from wherever we were living at the time, I would call and they'd be like, oh, Papa's out helping somebody at their house. They had a, a roof that needed help fixing or, oh, he's out uh, leading his men's group or he's out helping at the funeral home. Uh, and or if it was my godmother, she's like, oh, well, I'm preparing for my ladies Bible study. I've been studying all week. I want to make sure I give them good teaching. Like she's just, you know, all the time 
my whole life, I watched as this couple poured out their lives, almost sometimes to their own detriment. They were building other people's homes while their home needed work. They were raising up other people's lives. And man, what a testament to me. And, And it was something that I was able to watch and see. And that's what I mean. Here was a man and a woman. He's gone on. So the sort of little memorial to him, but now, here is a man who, yeah, the queen died, but she, the world praised her, but she had no effect on my life. I wasn't her flock, but this simple man just living a godly life, embracing my husband, being a father to my husband, you know, when he needed that, that impacted me, that touched my life. They were elders to me and she still is, she's still with us. So she's still my elder. She's a mentor to me. And that is what a, what a thing to be entrusted with, the people who God has placed in our lives, the community he's placed us in. But like, it, you know, so for me personally, I'm an introverted person. Yeah. And um, I have a very, you know, you know me that I can tune people out easily because yeah. I, can, I can focus on tasks very deeply. Like I'm, when I'm at work, I'm working hard. People will come by my office. Oh, I didn't even know you were here because you were so quiet because I'm just literally focused. So it's easy for me to overlook everyone around me. I can tune everybody out. But one day I was with my pastor just walking. I I think we went to lunch or I can't remember what we were doing, but we were out and about in the town. And like I noticed he wasn't in a hurry and he was attuned to everyone around him. Mm. And like, so I'm just like, hey, let's go get the food or whatever. You know, I'm thinking, okay, let's get this and get out of here, go have our meeting, blah, 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 you know. And here he was like, just being in the moment and like someone would come up and he'd just start talking to him or we'd go into the store and he'd be like having this conversation with all these people and like noticing everyone around him because in his mind, this was his flock, his community. And it opened my eyes to that. That I can be more like that. And, and for me, it's not as natural because he, so he's a very extroverted person. I'm a very introverted person. So, but that doesn't mean I can't focus on those around me. I have to be more intentional yeah. about, about developing that side of me because I've been so intentional about developing this other side and, and coping that way. But so that did help me. And so like, here's another example, like after church. I'm like the kind of guy who like, you know, when, when you shake hands with everybody, like that's like the worst part of church for me. Like, it's just so like, no, leave me alone. I want to sit here and be ready, you know, but like after, after being with him for quite a few years, like I would try to do that. I would just like mingle. I would just stand up and just go and like bump into somebody and you grab their hand, look them in the eye. Yeah. Tell them that you love them. Like, how, how are you? And like, Look, look at them and give them the attention that I was previously just turning internally. And it made, it made a huge difference. And it's still a struggle. I'm not saying that I'm like awesome at this. I'm not. It's hard. That's why it's called growth. Right. <laughs> That's why we're trying to mature and grow up in this. And you can go forward and backwards in these things too. Absolutely. You know, if, if you're more isolated, now you're going to revert or, you know, whatever, or something comes up. And it takes all your time and effort. That's that's something different. But then you got to get back into it because these are your flock. Your family is number one. Your your immediate family, your extended families is right there. Your church family, your work, wherever all your time is. Yeah. These are your people and they're important to God. So they should be just as important to you 
And that means a little bit less on ourselves and a little bit more on them. Right. And I like where that scripture, he says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it. Watch over your flock willingly, not grudgingly, not because of what you get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. So I really like that because it can be grudging. Like you can feel grudging towards your family sometimes, maybe for what they don't recognize in you. Um, Maybe for sometimes they don't treat you always the best just because they're used to you. Your work, you can be grudging about your workplace and be grudging towards your coworkers. But we're supposed to be willingly watching over the people that God has entrusted to us. And if for no other reason, if, if it's hard to see that value just in them, it's because we're eager to serve God. I want to serve God. He served me. Jesus, I, it goes on right after that saying, he's the great shepherd. And in the same way, we are supposed to clothe ourselves in humility as we relate to one another. Jesus, he got down and washed people's feet. He served people. He willingly gave up his life for people who betrayed him. And so when we look at our Savior who humbled himself, we should willingly be able to say, if you've entrusted these people to me, God, I am going to watch over them and I'm not going to do it grudgingly. Yeah, sometimes people can be hard to deal with. Sometimes I'm hard to deal with, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to watch over it willingly because I want to serve you because you served me. You served me with salvation. You served me in humility. You washed my feet. You cleansed my mind and my soul. And so, of course, I'm going to serve you, God. And and I'm not going to do it grudgingly. I'm not going to do it for what I'm going to get out of it. I don't, you know, I'm not going to go to work and be awesome to people just so I can maybe get ahead. No, I'm going to go and serve them because they've been entrusted to me. Do you remember that scripture when Jesus was standing on the mountain looking at Jerusalem? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Yeah. And he's like, how I've longed to be like a mother hen and brood you under my wings. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen chickens do that. We used to have chickens. And they would have, these these hens would have like 20 little chicks under them. Yeah. And, and they would wrap them in their wings and just mm-hmm. like sit on them and their feathers would just cover them and cozy them yeah. all up. And these little chicks would just be all super toasty. But he, he weeped for Jerusalem because here their Savior was there. They did not receive him, but he longed to be their shepherd. Yeah. He longed to care for them. And, and that tells me that really he's like, he's like that with everybody. He's like that with all of humanity because he That's bore right. the sins and so it would be yeah. a, a huge waste. Yeah. Think about it from God's perspective. He bore your sin, my sin, the sin of every human who ever and always will live. And so if, if they don't accept him, it's, it's the biggest waste in the universe. One person. So he always wants them. He's always thinking of ways. How can this person hear about me? And so if we're in someone's life, that's us. Yeah. So we need to be cognizant of every single person God wants to brood like a mother hen, bring into the fold. And so if we're around anyone, that should be our mindset. How can I show Christ's love? How can I serve? How can I wrap my arms around them and cover them with my feathers to every person we come in contact with? Yeah. That should really be our flock, the world all around us. 
And if every think about it, if every Christian did that, my my goodness, that would it would change humanity. Absolutely. And it says in verse five, and all of you clothe yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Doesn't it take humility? Doesn't it take being humble to say, I know I've got my issues, but I'm willing to wrap my arms around you today. I'm willing to set aside what's happening with me right now so that I can bring you in, so that I can cover you, so that I can guide you, guard you, tend to you, care for you. And it says that when we do that, he gives grace to us. So those areas where we are are struggling in or that we're we're having issues and, and we need help, if we're humble and we're reaching out and gathering those around us and caring for them, he's actually going to pour his grace into us and raise us up to be able to not just find the healing and the deliverance and the satisfaction we need in our own lives, but also the grace to do that for the people around us. Ben, just break down just a little bit those words. How do we guard our flock? So caring for our flock, it means to shepherd them. And part of shepherding means to guard. How do we guard our family? Well, number one, like you, you read that next verse is a couple of verses down. It's, it's be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So remember, th- this this has to be ingrained in every Christian's mind. You, you need to get rid of the crappy theology that really turns God into the devil. And we have to realize that the devil is kill, doing all of the killing doing all of the stealing, doing all of the destroying. So anything having to relate to those three things, it's the devil, not God at all. And that means that every human being who's going through this junk in the world, the fallen, wretched creation that we are all suffering through, you might say, it's from the enemy. And so we, as Christians, not only for each other, the flock of God, but also for those potential people, we need to resist the enemy. So in other words, if you see a sheep out there and a wolf's coming to come after him, or a hawk or an eagle is coming down and, and you know, you go and do some battle, yeah. right? You go lend a helping hand. You go be the protector, the deliverer, the helper, the servant, whatever the need may be that is on us, that is on all Christians to be that for the whole world. Yeah. And you know what? That's going to suck sometimes <laughs> yeah. because they're going to kick us and spit in our face and not even appreciate it. It's like if you see a husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend fighting and you know the, the guy's beating up the girl and you go help, right? What's going to happen to you? They're both going to turn on you. <laughs> How many, it's you know? happened. It does happen. Yeah. It does because, because it's something in, in humanity that, you know, whatever that is, I don't know, but you know what? It's worth it because you stopped that situation from happening. And that's just a small example. But so I think number one is we need to take the responsibility of resisting the enemy in this earth, in this whole world system, not just for Christians. It's very important for Christians too, you know, to protect and and to keep the whole family around the world, as the scripture says, but also for everyone in the world. We should be the forces of peace 
We should be the forces of life and all the fruit of the Spirit. We should be. We should be known for that. In fact, the Bible even says, they, the world, will know that we are all Christians because of the love for one another that we would have. I'm one of those people who, when I start to look at the whole world, I get so overwhelmed. There's so much badness. And how do I do it? It's like my husband and I, this past year living in Toronto, it's like you walk the streets of Toronto and the homelessness, the drug addiction, the mental illness, it is so overwhelming in certain sections that you walk through and it's just like, God, it's too much. It's so overwhelming. And and so then you start to feel overwhelming, which for some people, it can almost shut you down where it's like, I can't do anything. I I have nothing to offer, which is where I feel like this scripture is so good for us to come back to and say, okay, I can't solve the whole world's problems, but I can be aware. And if God puts somebody in front of my face, if part of my flock is starting to get off into drug addiction, struggling with mental illness, struggling with demonic things, struggling with finances, struggling with their marriage. What can I do for my flock to help reach out to them, guard them, guide them? Where do I fit in for what I'm able to be a part of? And then I think as we're faithful in being that person, I think we can actually have an expanded influence. And, And that's where we find sometimes purpose. Because as we're reaching out and helping the people around us, sometimes things come up where it's like, okay, now you have a chance to do that for more people. And here, and it's like opens doors for you to reach more people. Yeah. And think God didn't say we're, we're not a shepherd of systems. That's right. Yeah. We're not a shepherd of organizations. It, we're a shepherd of people, the flock. Yeah. The flock is people. It's not like government. It's not, you know what I mean? It's, and it's who he's given us. Yeah. Just exactly like you said, we we can't change. You can't reach all the homeless people in a city. You just can't do it. But maybe you can touch that one person on the corner, yeah. or maybe you can volunteer with an, another group who's actually doing something. So and so, you can only do what you do. But if every Christian were to do that, you know, th- I think that's one of the reasons why the enemy tries to divide the believers. Because if we were all, think of all the, how many Christians are in Toronto? Millions? I'm sure, yeah. There's got to be, let's say, at least one million Christians in the city of Toronto or in the surrounding suburbs, right? Yeah, very possible. There's got to be. Yeah. Close. I I would imagine. Okay, there ain't that many homeless people. How many homeless people are there? I would, yeah, not even close, yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe not even 50,000. I don't even know. Not even 50,000, yeah. So think of, so just there, right there. We can solve a lot of these issues. We could. There's way more of us than than what's going than than the needs really are, but we're all so divided. Yeah. So that's the reason why we can't on a larger scale tackle all these problems. No, if you look back in history, the early 1900s, late 1800s, early 1900s, there was multitudes, and even going back further, multitudes of charitable organizations you might say. It was very popular. Even Benjamin Franklin had, he writes in his autobiography that he, he had little clubs, little organizations of local people that would do service work. 
Sometimes there were like temperance movements. Sometimes there were suffrage movements. Sometimes there were, um, you know, just they were called like Association of Christian Plumbers or, you know, whatever they were back in the day. There's so many of them. But do research that sometime. It was a lot more popular to have these grassroots clubs and societies that would go meet a need of a community. Now we've more transitioned to like a higher government right. taking over all these responsibilities. And I think it's it's done a disservice to not only the people in need, but also to the Christians who were supposed to be doing that to begin with. Yeah. So, I mean, guarding our families. I think, as we said, we it starts in our families. Our flock starts with our families and we're called to care for them. We're called to guard them, guide them. So much you see right now, uh, you see parents guiding their children into unusual things. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just seeing, I was reading recently, like um, some mothers who were putting their children, young children on TikTok uh, in bathing suits to try to elicit viewership. So they're using their, so instead of guiding their yeah. children into healthy, mature growing up, they're actually guiding their children into darkness. Hmm. And so just even being aware, again, that scripture that says he's entrusted our flock to us and we need to guard our flock. We need to guard our family members. We need to guide our family members. We need to tend to them. And right now I think there's so many people hurting in our families, in our communities that need tending. They just need tending. There's probably a lot of different ways you could look at that word, but tending, I think just sometimes means just being there, just coming alongside them, being an mm-hmm. ear, being a hand on a shoulder. Um, just, yeah, exactly. Uh, any other ways that you could, that you wouldn't say to be encouraging in, in regards to what does it mean to care, to guard, to guide, to tend? Yeah, like you said, just being there and realizing that these people are part of your life for a reason. Yeah. I'm reminded of uh, the sitcom The Office. Yeah. I don't know if you watched that over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, with Michael Scott was the yeah. uh, boss. Right. And he was a good example of a shepherd. Think about that yeah, in the workplace. That's true. It, you know, it was, it was a comical way to look at things. And he was a character. But... His workers were his family yeah. or his, he, he considered every single person, his best friend, and he wasn't willing to lose one of them. That's right. Yeah. Like, even if they were like a terrible person, terrible worker, he still considered them his. And I actually have a boss who's like that too. Like he comes into work every day. He says, good morning to every single person. And he, he looks after every single person. It's hard to do. Like, it's not an easy thing. But I think we can all strive to be more inclusive, be more conscientious, to be more careful in the way we look at people. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to do for others more than others. But I think that would also change the way we relate to people. I think many people are intimidated by others. Yeah. But if you have this mind, I think this mindset would solve a lot of that issues because you're like, Maybe they're your boss. Maybe they're an authority. But even says right here, you know, the younger, we you could be considered in an employee, 
a younger to an elder, but you should submit yourself to your, to your elders and be clothed in humility because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And so I think it would change our, our mentality towards our bosses or towards those in authority over us that even though we are humbling ourselves and doing it towards the Lord and being faithful and diligent, yet at the same time, they're our flock. We are their shepherd in the Lord. And so we can we can have a different perspective and not necessarily be intimidated because we realize that this is in God's hand in any way. They're, they don't really have authority over us. God does. Yeah. And so we can we can now, not out of compulsion, but out of service, actually work for somebody. I don't know. I just think it kind of changes your mindset a little bit. Oh, it really does. And I've been thinking a lot recently about the love of God. And we talked recently in those episodes where we talked about faith and having faith in the love of God for us. And it comes back to that belief that if I truly understand and receive the love of God, when I'm standing in front of any other human being, I should look at them with the same love of God that he has for me. And so when you put all of that together, all the things we've been talking about, growing up, becoming spiritually mature, focusing on the love of God, being in faith when it comes to that love, walking after the gifts of the spirit, it culminates with why? Because he's entrusted other people to us. All of that matters. Why are we still here after we get born again? Why don't we just zoom up to heaven? Because he's entrusted people to us. He's given us a flock and he said, okay, grow up and care for them. We keep praying and we keep saying we want to be like Jesus. Well, well, what was Jesus like? He was the great shepherd. He says actually in his great prayer in John 17, right before he's about to go to the cross, he says, all who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me. So they bring me glory. Now I am departing from this world, but they are staying in this world, even while I'm coming to you. So Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost. And so right there, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost. That's what we're supposed to be emulating when it says care for the flock that he has entrusted you, just as Jesus was entrusted with the people who were called to him. That includes you and me today. We've been entrusted to him and he has not failed us. He has not let us down. He has guarded us and he's protected us by the power of his name. That's what we're supposed to be doing for our flock, for the people in under our care. We're supposed to be protecting them by the power of the name that has been given to us, the name of Jesus that is above every name. That's how we stand against the devil on behalf of people. We stand in the name of Jesus and we guard them so that not one was lost. I pray that all the time. I say it to God all the time because I feel like, well, if Jesus could say this to the father, I'm going to say this to the father. So I say, God, I'm not going to lose one not one person that you have given me in my flock in the name of Jesus, in that name. 
uh, and I pray that and I declare it and I believe it with all my heart. If God bought, brought my son Dion into my life through adoption, I'm not going to lose him. If God brought brothers-in-laws and sisters-in-laws into my life, I'm not going to lose one of them. If God brought dear friends into my life, not going to lose one of them. Like I just say it. And that for me, even though I travel, you know, we've moved everywhere. We've, we've been far away from people. That is how I still am trying to care for my flock is by praying over them, declaring things over them. And then of course, the practical steps of reaching out to them, talking to them, sharing when God puts something on my heart for people. Um, for family members, for friends, sending them. If he says, send a gift, I send a gift. Like whatever those things are, I just try to be very faithful in that. I miss it sometimes, but I'm trying to grow in this because that's what being the church is all about. That's what this whole podcast has been about. We want to be the church to the people around us. We want those of you who are listening, be the church. I, my sister's been posting some stuff about don't be a Christian in name only. That's right. Don't be a Christian in name only. Be a Christian in your faith, in your beliefs, in your deeds, in your actions, in the way that you care for your flock, because that is the church. That's how we become the church to the world around us. Jesus came to seek and save that what was was lost. Yes. Amen. And so he gave us that mission, and then he gave us all the power and all the authority to get that job done. And then he also gave us the second fold of to, to care for the people in the flock. So we're supposed to seek and save that what was lost on the mission field. That's to preach the gospel. And on the other hand, we're supposed to build up the church. Once we're supposed to make disciples. That's right. So we, we preach the gospel and make disciples. That was Jesus's mission. That's what he emulated for all of us or, or gave an example for all of us. And we're supposed to emulate that. We're supposed to be the exact same thing with the talents and the abilities that he gave each and every one of us. It's all going to look different, but the end result should be the same. And one thing I'd like to say is that situation you just said of how you believe and pray for all those people. If, if anyone listening heard that and like scoffed at that, if in your mind you heard Joanna say that she believes and she prays and she has faith and she declares in the name of Jesus for all these people and that not one's going to be lost. And if I would just say to anyone who thought in their mind, that's stupid or that's silly. I'm here to tell you right now, you are a scoffer. I'm telling you, I want to, I just feel led to call somebody out. If you think that in your mind, that what she said is silly or dumb, or that's not whatever, I would never do that. You need to get right with the Lord. Change your heart. That's a stumbling block in you that's keeping you from being a shepherd. That's mm -hmm. keeping you from doing this very thing that we're talking about today. And I feel like a lot of Christians think that way. I don't know if the, their hearts have grown cold or maybe they've been burned. And so now there's wall, walls up. But ask the Lord right now to soften your heart that you repent. I'm going to turn towards the Lord. I, repent of being a scoffer and a mocker. And humble yourselves before God right now. And he's going to change your life. And the next thing you'll know, you'll be out preaching the gospel. You'll be uh, on your knees at midnight praying for the people that are in that he's burdened your heart for. And then you're going to be the one speaking forth 
the words of the Lord to these people, and you'll see people saved. You'll see people come into the kingdom of God. You'll see lives change, and that's God's will. But it starts with that repentant, humble heart. That's number one for all of us. Yeah. If you ever find yourself scoffing and mocking and not believing and being proud, well, you know what? God is resisting you, and it's time for us to humble ourselves back towards the Lord, get back to be about his business, not our own business, and he's going to do something awesome. And that's and then we can say the same thing uh, that was that Peter or was that Paul that you just read? How he, I think, yeah, Peter, he's, I'm going to be, when Christ returns to the world, we're going to share in his glory because we've been obedient in all the things that he's entrusted unto us. Jesus is the great shepherd. He was entrusted with the entire world and he was a faithful shepherd. He was faithful to what God had called him to. He was faithful to the people that God had called him to. And what we see in 1 Peter 5 and what our hearts are longing for in our own lives and for everyone listening as we end season two with this message is that just as we have a great shepherd, all of us have been called as we mature in Jesus to be shepherds ourselves, shepherds in our schools, shepherds in our families, shepherds in our jobs, in our communities, and even in our nations. So we would encourage you all today, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Do it willingly, not grudgingly. Do it with humility as you relate to one another. Because as you do that, God will give you grace and you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor when our great shepherd comes back. Yes, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for these words that are literally changing us, making us new. I thank you that our minds are being renewed, our hearts are being renewed, even our bodies are being renewed. Lord, you are the great shepherd and we want to follow you every day of our lives. We want to learn from you. We want you to remove the things in our lives that are not of you. Be patient with us, Lord, because it's a struggle. As you know, you struggled also when you were on this earth. But thank you for, for suffering for us. Thank you for being our substitution. And we just lay our lives down before you today because you are worthy of it. Lord, you're worthy of all of our lives to the very end, 100% of the glory and the honor and the power belongs to you and you alone. So I ask your blessing on all those who've listened over the past couple years. May these seeds be planted deep within their hearts. May these words bear fruit a hundredfold. And may you get the glory, Lord, as lives are changed, as people are saved, as even the culture changes, Lord, as we go out and just reflect your love and your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm just gonna end it a little differently tonight. Go live a powerful, ordinary life and be the church in your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Please subscribe so that you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, 
IWillBeYourChurch.com To learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become a part of this church family movement.